I'm excited to tell you about Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Edge and List Group. That's a lot to say, but there's a lot in it. And guess what? It's closing. It's closing this week. It'll close for Q4. It will not open up until next year. She started a third group, and so there's only 50 in it, so you don't have to worry about dealing with hundreds of other people buying the same thing. So you're going to get daily actionable items delivered to you five days a week. You're going to get the mentorship of being in the Million Dollar Arbitrage Group, and you're going to be able to ask questions, ask for help, get whatever you need. But again, get those opportunities. Join me in this group because I'm in this group, and you'll see me in there. The only way you're going to get to join this week is if you click on the link that's in this episode and also in Gay's interview uh, number 238 was episode 238, and she explains a lot of what it is in there. It's the only chance you're going to have to get in there. Second, I want to mention Scope from Seller Labs. I was just with Jeff. They are just killing it with this product. It is just knocking it dead because you get to see the keywords that are important for your listing. Why go try to figure it out? You already know an item is selling, so you go and find their keywords and you put them in your listing. It's a smart move. You already got a proof of concept and Scope does that for you. So it's sellerlabs.com slash scope. You're going to use the code word momentum and you're going to save 50 bucks. It's an awesome, awesome deal. I was just with Karen Locker also, and we we spent some great time talking about you know what's going on in her business, and it's just incredible. Solutions for e-commerce, great group. You're going to save 50 bucks if you come through my listing, right? Remember, these people pay me, so I don't want to mislead anybody. They pay me, but you're going to save $50, and she's still doing that inventory health analysis. This is the perfect time to get yourself right. Storage expensive. Remember, it's triple triple uh, storage fees. So get your inventory right. Get it correct. I just had her create uh, 68 variations of a listing. If you heard my interview with her at 245, you heard that. Um, 68 variations. They went live today. Products went in today um, as a day I'm recording this. And man, I'm so excited. I just, I'm so excited because I've got another order of them coming in next week. And so I already have the listings up. They look beautiful. It's everything that I needed. And it's just such going above and beyond. That's why I love solutions for e-commerce. Um, you go solutionsforecommerce.com slash momentum, and you're going to get that benefit. You're going to save, the, you're going to get the lowest price, save 50 bucks, and you get the inventory health report. GoDaddy.com, you want to try, try GoDaddy.com slash momentum, and you're going to save 30% on all your GoDaddy needs. I use them for all my um, domains that I buy. I have for a long time. Now I get to save 30% just like you. Try GoDaddy.com slash Momentum. And last but not least is Grasshopper. I saw somebody just bought it this past week, and I, I can't wait to hear how it goes for them because it allows you to be the professional that you want to come across as, right? You want to have really strong features, especially as you're building customer service. I think that'd be a great program for anybody who's selling on Walmart. You need a customer service program. You can use Google Voice. It's free. But it's definitely not as professional, and you're not going to be able to have the flexibility. Imagine one phone, your personal phone, and that app on there allows you to have all those lines set up. You can have it forwarded to other. You can you can do custom vanity numbers. You know, eight 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 six three, no, whatever you want. Great program. Trygrasshopper.com/slash/momentum. Trygrasshopper.com/slash/momentum. Save fifty bucks there too. All right, let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 246, Craig Maxwell. I've had Craig on before. It was episode 89, and that's where you can go back and hear his story. But it's so cool to see somebody just kind of find their lane. And he talks about focus and the things that he's given up to help him stay focused. I think that's part of it, right? Is you got to have a little more confidence in yourself. You got to start believing that you know what you're doing because you do, right? If you've had, if you've made it for a year and you're still selling and things are, you figured it out. Now have confidence and move forward and pull back from these other distractions and finish, right? Get to that place where you're in that stride, where things are just seem to come natural to you. You will get there. And Craig's a great example of that. Let's get into the podcast. 
All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited to bring back a guest and a guest who I've admired just because I think the consistency when I look for, you know, uh, this is not an easy business, but I look for people who give it consistent effort and who are going to be here for the long haul. And I think this is a great example of someone who's got a long term plan and it's his family first um, and will be successful because he puts his family first and is very I guess, you know, the thing that excites me about Craig, and this is Craig Maxwell I'm bringing in, is that he is very clear that, again, his family is first. This is a business, this is a great opportunity, but his family is first. Welcome, Craig Maxwell. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be here. Is that is that a fair statement, what I just said? It is. It is. And, uh, you know, since we last spoke, I think a year and a half ago, at least in an interview, um, a lot has changed. And some of it was evaluating where uh, I was when we talked and where I'd gone and, and some of it I didn't like. And so, and I had to go back and look at that as, you know what, it is family first for me. That's the whole reason I'm doing this. And what do I need to do to make sure that it stays that way? Yeah, this was uh, episode 89 where Craig and I last talked. So go way, way back. And uh, Craig's story, I mean, he's got six kids, right? Yes, correct. Six kids. And he is an involved dad. You're not, you know, and this is, you know, it's funny, I, I, I kind of razz myself because when I grew up, when I was in my corporate career, and it's not that my family wasn't first, it's just that I had such made such a huge commitment that, you know, lots of times I couldn't make the soccer games. I couldn't make all those things. And times were different then. There weren't as many, but I kind of razz myself like like feeling guilty about it. But that's the, that's what it was at that time. In your world, that's not happening, period. Well, I tried to make it not happen. I mean, uh, I, I'm certainly not perfect with it. And there have been times where uh, I was very disappointed at the choices I made hmm. in regards to, you know, maybe I needed a child that needed spending time with me, you know, that was, and I focused on something else. And, and sometimes that's not always possible. I don't think it's wrong all the time, but I wanted it to at least be my highest priority. Well, so you go back and, and that's a learning moment, right? That's one of those adjustments that you make and say, you know what, I wouldn't, I mean, for me, and I, I think about myself and my career and all the different things, there are some absolutes, but I didn't know they were absolutes until I tried it or tried something else. And then I'm like, okay, not doing that again. Now that's an absolute. I'm never going to do that again, right? Is that where you end up on some things? Yeah, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I mean, there are things I've tried. And I said, this isn't what I want to be. This isn't what I want to do. I don't love this. And I know that you can't love everything you do when it comes to your work life. But I try to at least make the most of it something I love to do or enjoy doing. Well, because you didn't love it even when you were in your corporate life. Right? I mean, there were things. I mean, I tell that to everyone. There, there's it, it's, it's a four-letter word. It's called work. you know. And so sometimes it's not fun and it's not right. enjoyable. Um, and that's no matter what. So even the downtimes, I just gave a talk and I was talking about how in an hour you're sitting there saying, man, this is the best business. I have made the right decision. This is incredible. And five minutes later, you're, this is the worst thing in the world. What did I do? Right. What? <laughs> right. And you do that in an hour, you know, 20 times. Right. I mean, can you relate? Yes. I think this is the most, I don't know if the right word's manic, but um, <laughs> that's a good word career in the world. You know, because there are days I'm flying high. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then the next day I'm in, I feel like I'm in panic mode. How am I going to make this work? You know, and so, yes, it's, it's up but and What down. pushes you through there, Craig? Because that's a good example. Because you've been doing this for a long time, full time, and you've got the pressure of seven other people on your back, right? It's not like it's just you going it alone, eh, make it or break it. You've got seven people you're responsible for and with. Sure. To make a go of it, because you so you've got to push through. How do you do that sometimes? Well, that's the first thing. I have seven people uh, to take <laughs> okay. care of, and you know, even when I first started out, um, my motivation was like, if we want to eat, I've got to get out and work. And uh, but I think you know, going deeper than that, I would say for me, one of my greatest strengths would be, you know, I don't know, we call it grit. Uh, I just mm. I can dig in, I can persevere, and. Uh, even in the downtimes, I can usually, you know, get my rear end out of bed and go double down if we need it. And that really has served me well in my life. And I mean, that doesn't mean to say that I don't have days where I mope around and, and I'm not at my best. But overall, you know, and I and I use the word grit. I just read the book 
called Grit. Um, fantastic read, and, and I could identify a lot with it. You know, and it's even qualities that we're trying to focus and help develop in our children because I think uh, it's great to be smart. It's great to be talented. But in the end, I think grit is greater than all those things. Um, if you can, you know, just stick with it and, you know, um, work hard. And that's what I do. So this just occurred, and this is really timeless, timely, timely for what our conversation is. So I'm at my new warehouse where they're putting in the new things and we're delayed and blah, 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 blah. So the guy next door to us is putting in a service business, one where he's trading his time for money and his daughter's going to be in there. And he said, you know, Steve, I'm trying to create something for her and I'm trying to create, you know, a future for her. And that's what he thinks this is. And because he knows this particular subject well, and it's a skill set and he's transferring it onto his daughter. So it's going to work. I mean, she's going to be incredibly successful. And then we got talking about my, my younger son and I, my older son's uh, already got his career, been through with educations, now in a just a great role. My younger son's still in college. And I said, you know, I said, well, we, you know, we got him through college uh, without debt or anything, but I'm trying to teach him a skill set. And I said, you know, it's interesting. He can do product photography now. He now lists eBay items like crazy. He's now working on Amazon stuff. So he's doing product photography for Amazon and he's doing um, uh, buying certain things, you know, starting to work his way through. And he's in school and he'll be home shortly and we'll take him to the next level. And I said, I'm trying to teach him about... Uh, you know, teach a man to fish, right? I'm trying to teach him that so he could be self-sustaining. So he's not tied to a location or if he got injured, you know, or whatever. And I'm thinking about the difference between the two. And, you know, when you think about your six kids, I mean, of course you want them to do what they love and all the rest of that stuff. But which way are you leaning? Are you leaning towards helping them get a career and get a job and go to college and be that way? Or, hey, that's great, but be more independent because ultimately you're responsible for yourself, not a company. Where are you at in that with the six? Well, I think I, I want to encourage them to follow their passion for sure. And a lot of them don't know what that is yet. They're sure. still very young. Uh, my, my oldest will be 14. Oh. And uh, so he's starting to really get more into that. And so he and I have that discussion a lot more than, than others, you know, and sometimes it's like, I want to, you know, go be an engineer or, or something like that. And and that's great. If that's really what he wants to do, I realize that a lot changes between where he's at now and when he finishes college age, you know, and uh, we'll encourage our kids to to go get a college education. But that's not the end all for us if they don't mm. want to. Um, I really am. You know, you had mentioned earlier the story that uh, exchanging your time for money. And I've done that. And uh, I feel like I'm in a different phase of my life where um I'm trying to not exchange so much time for money anymore. And I fall into that trap a lot. You know, every few months it's a re reboot. It's a recalibration of, uh, and I'm trying to teach my son that right now it's, you know, what can you do to make your money work for you or to make your, your knowledge work for you where you're not so dependent on putting in so many hours a week to provide for your family or to pursue your needs and dreams. And so that's, I'm trying to teach that, you know, and, um, trying to get them to focus on things that that create cash flow you know if they're gonna look at a career like that's one reason I like the entrepreneurial lifestyle I've chosen as I can choose those opportunities and I hope they adopt that I mean I would love to pass on what I do to them but I also know that you know they see what I'm doing and I think they get tired of it and, right uh, it's not easy different. yes you yeah. make it look easy. And, it, and, and it, you know, I think about this a lot because we get to travel a lot, right? And so, you know, oh, we're over here. We're jet-setting around the U.S. Well, what you don't see is I was in Chicago for four days, and all I saw was the airport and the hotel. Sure. And that was and maybe the parking lot. You know, that was about it. It's not like I'm in downtown Chicago, you know, skipping through the streets, right? And so that part of it, is that important to let them see that side of it? Because, you know, I think there's a risk is that, you know, you figured a whole bunch of things out, right? I mean, if you think about the things that you figured out, Craig, right? All the little, you know, all the things you stumbled on and you got through or, you know what I mean? Just all those little things, you now push them away, right? Now it's, you know, you can just go into a store and do whatever you need, right? They they don't have that perspective. Um, and, I mean, is it important to help them get that perspective? I mean, would you have your kids learning how to pick and pack and ship and all that kind of jazz so they can understand that, yes, this is work? Yeah, absolutely. And 
it's different than it used to be. I mean, with my old career, I traveled a ton. I was gone, mm. you know, for sometimes 10, 12 days at a time. And my oldest children remember that. And my youngest children are a little more spoiled because dad works from home now. Mm. And, and when I'm gone for a whole day, like outsourcing or doing something, or I go on a, maybe a, to a conference, it's, it's difficult for them. They're, they're not used to that. And so I think more what I, what I get to show them is, uh, you know, sometimes I'm up really late. Sometimes I'm up really early and I'm working, uh, you know, and, and they'll say, well, dad, can you know? I say, well, I can't right now. You know, we, I have these responsibilities and my older two boys, they're starting to experience it more where they are involved in some of the packing and shipping. Uh, I've actually tried to move that out of the home quite a bit mm-hmm. because that was, um, that was part of, you know, and, and looking at what I was doing, that it was consuming way too much of my life and time. And I wasn't able to do the things I wanted to do with my kids or family. And uh, so we've moved a lot of that up, but they know what it's like. They've seen it. And with fourth quarter coming, they'll see the house fill up with a lot of toys and, <laughs> and clothing and stuff that, that we'll be working on together. So uh, I do want them to, to learn how to do it. You know, when I first started this, my oldest son asked me if, if he could give me some money and I could go out and buy something for him that he could sell, you know, through my account. So I said, sure. So we did that. And I mean, we just hit some real winners the first few times. And, you know, when I gave them the, both of the boys, when I gave them the money back, you know, and it had doubled, they were like, well, just take all my money and, <laughs> and do this. So it was a great lesson they learned. But at the same time, like you haven't learned the hard part. That's yet. right. Right. And so I said, you need to be doing the packing and shipping. And so I told my oldest, I said, I, I can't always do this for you. I said, you need to also do some exchanging time for money opportunities, you know, around the house go work for your, your grandparents or something, you know, helping them. I said, so that you can learn what it's like to do both things and then decide what you want to do mm-hmm. as you get older. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's, it's your, you know, um, who do I know? Somebody's daughter's waitressing. Oh, Andy, Andy Slamens, his daughter's waitressing, you know, I mean, here they are incredibly successful in this and that, but he's like, no, I need to instill those values in her, let her know what hard work is, you know, for little pay. So you have perspective, right? Cause that's Absolutely. really, I think that's one of the hardest things to gain because, you know, um, I, I haven't heard this story in a long time, but remember when everybody was selling frozen stuff and, you know, and they're able to buy it for you know anything and sell it for 10 times the money and you couldn't get enough of it for that while, for that period until it got diluted. That was easy. That's not skill, right? Yeah. That's just, you know, stumbling into stuff. Right. And so you didn't really learn anything. That was a good point, what you said. And so now when you have to, now it's more challenging, and that's probably a positive. Let's pivot there because you you have learned what you don't like, right? Isn't that really the best part of this is when you figure out what you don't like and you walk away from it and you're like, man, I wish I would have done that earlier? Yeah. Um. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, I was just going to say, well, I was going to go a little deeper, but it's just like, you know, give me an example of something that, you know, you were doing, you thought was necessary because that was what it took and blah, blah, blah. And now you're not doing it. And you're like, geez, I probably didn't need to do it at all. Yet I felt compelled to do it. Do you have anything that kind of put you on the spot there? Okay. I have a lot of things that, um, you know, I have no problem admitting I was doing things wrong or, um, that I could do them better. Okay. And, uh, so, um, well, and let me share, like, I, I was thinking about this <clears throat> and, uh, you, you know, you're familiar with Charlie Brown and peanuts. And I remember watching when, as a kid, he was like the, in this race and he's running this race around this track and he's winning <clears throat> and you know how there's like eight lines on a track and he starts to look down and all you can see are his feet and the lane that he's in. And as he's running around the track, instead of taking the left curve to, to win the race, and he's thinking to himself the whole time, I can win this, I can do this, I'm going to finally win. And as you know, Charlie Brown never wins anything. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking that last lane, he takes the sprinter lane and runs right off the track. And he's like outside the stadium, and of course he loses. And I was, you know, as a kid, I was upset. And even as an adult, I see that, and I'm like, that's so frustrating. And I share that because that's really where I found myself in January. Like I had, I felt like I had ran off the track some, I just wasn't loving what I was doing. And I had, um, kind of lost sight of the finish line. I, I was involved in way too many things. I had spread myself so thin, um, just trying to do everything, um, within my Amazon business, within income streams that I was trying to develop outside of Amazon. And so 
I knew that I needed to do some of those things, but I needed to recalibrate how I was going about this so that I could do this. I wasn't doing anything well. I was trying to do everything, you know. So some of those things were the packing and shipping. I had outsourced it before, but then I brought it back in. And then finally, I just said, I need to get it out of the house, you know, and really minimize how much that. So I started using prep centers again, which has been tremendous for me. The other thing, too, is I was chasing lots of products. And um, one of the things that I did that I think has been a and I saw a dip. I really did. I saw a dip at first in my sales when I kind of refocused what I was doing. But last year I had, um, you know, at, and I can't remember, it was about midway through the year. I had about 14,000 uh, sold, units sold. And so that was a lot of items. And then this year I was probably at about 6,000 units halfway through the year, but my sales were still the same. Hmm. And, and my profit was about the same. And what I had done is, is I started focusing on more expensive items, heavier items that I didn't think people would want to deal with. And I began having them shipped to a prep center and put on pallets and sent in. And so my sales, you know, as far as the units I'm pushing out are a lot less, but they're still the same place they were last year. And hopefully by the end of the year, they'll be higher, uh, you know, as I've transitioned to that model. But that was huge because I went from about 60 hours a week uh, down to about 30. Wait, and let's stop there a second because that's where I was going to go if you didn't get there. So the effort it took to sell those 14,000 units as opposed to the effort for the 6,000 units is about half or, or double, I guess, because I, I asked it that way. I, maybe even maybe even more. It was, no I mean, kidding. It was a lot of prep and ship we were doing. And, um, you know, so the amount of effort it takes now is – tremendously less it's, so you know, less than half wow yeah you know, that's yeah, powerful and, which allowed me then to focus on some other things that i wanted to do you know and, and like private label and i've uh i made the mistake and I, I was advised not to do it this way but you know i guess i just had to learn the hard way but i was trying to do three to five different private label things and i wasn't doing any of them very well and so now i'm kind of focused because i really do want that to be part of what i do mm-hmm. and i want to kind of develop my own brand so that's now about 10 percent of my sales and it's still not where i want it to be and i said i had to learn the hard way um but that allowed me to focus on on that you know just so i looked at things i could cut down i wanted to do merch and i was trying to do that myself and finally i i went to design pickle and now um the most work i need to do is submitting my ideas they design it <clears throat> i upload it and merch is going pretty well for me you know and, and other print on demand sites. So those were just some of the things I just had to look at what I was doing. It's like, how can I do this better? Or how can I not do this, but still do it, you know, as in not do it in house. And so those are some of the things that I was able to do. I quit buying courses um, and trying to train myself. I, I just needed to realize I knew most of what I needed to know, you know, so I just, I was looking for things to eliminate. Uh, and that really has made the biggest difference and allowed me to begin loving again, what I was doing and, you know, putting the time into, you know, the things that were most important to me, like my family or my church or, you know, things like that. Well, even your, your relationship, uh, your, your spouse, right? I, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a really important one because, you know, when you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're bringing that home, right? right. That, that attitude comes home, that non-smile, right? It's infectious right. sometimes, right? You bring everybody else down. I catch myself that doing that. I, I think what you said though is pretty powerful by stopping doing some of those things. Hey, did you feel like you failed? There were days for sure. And okay. I, I How do you push I, through I, that? Yes, I think I would feel a lot more failure if, if I wasn't able to recover. In my sales and in my income that I was doing, and that would just be a tangible fail because okay, we can't afford things or. I can't pay my bills or we're not getting ahead. So, um, but I was pretty confident when I made that switch over to that, this was the right thing to do. We were in a good place coming out of Q4 that I, I had time to adjust how I was doing. And, uh, it took several months to get back to where I was the previous year, but I, I came out of it liking where I was better. And, uh, I came out of it with more income streams, which, um, as everyone is, I, I was just concerned that, you know, Amazon could shut me down at some point. Right. I mean, I try to follow the guidelines and rules as best I can, but sometimes it's out of your hands. 
And so I wanted to make sure that I had other income sources. And so um, that were not related to Amazon, you know, and so that's allowed me to do that, you know, mm. having dialed back the amount of time that my Amazon business was taking to focus on some things off of Amazon. And they're not easy either. Right? Those are their own challenges. You know, right. if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. But I, I think here's something powerful you're saying is that, look, you know, after Q4, I think that's so powerful. So let's talk about that. So we're in Q4 now, right? It's just starting to, to starting to heat up, right? Because November's coming. We know that that's the month. You got to get your product shipped in. You got to get, you got to time it right, right? And it's, and right. it's more challenging now because you got to pay extra fees. So you can't just ship every, I mean, it's all real strategic, but if you're thinking about a change, if this year was a struggle for you, or like Craig said, if you're not happy where you're at or where you're going, now's the time to change. But don't change in Q4, change in January. Start putting the things in place. You started thinking about changing in January when? Well, I was probably thinking about it a little bit before. Okay. And that was probably the exhaustion of Q4. Okay. Um, that pushed you over so the edge. That just made I, it the tipping point, right? But I would, I would say, and I think what you were alluding to is don't make that decision in Q4. Um, don't change your model in Q4. Take advantage of Q4 and, uh, you know, all that it has to offer and all that it can do for you, you know, and don't make a decision when you're exhausted, you know, or spent. And, you know, I was, as everyone that's having said, you know, I was spending, you know, gobs of hours and time and effort and money in Q4, but it, it, I knew the payoff, you know, I had been there multiple times before and I knew the payoff and my family knows the payoff, you know, my right. wife, they understand, that, right. She understands that this is where the lion's share of our, our year comes from. And so, um, but in January, when I had time to just, you know, stop and breathe, I knew something wasn't right for me. But I you knew- set yourself up. And I think that's the key. I mean, you, you like you said, you've done all the hard work, you put yourself as for the most success you could have, right? And you had the most opportunity with the most money coming in and everything else. And then you can make a pivot. I think that's very powerful. I think it's a very, very smart move. The other thing I think you said was, I think it's very smart is you stop buying courses and things, right? You got to get to a point where you're confident enough, you know, um, that you know what you're doing. And I, I heard somebody say this, and I just think it makes so much sense. Master what you're doing first, run out of opportunity, kill it, do everything you can then go and tackle something new. And that's not the nature, right? I mean, I think we're all right. guilty of it. You got eight tentacles going out trying to do eight different things and right. not all well, of them work. I think after being in it for years that you would learn to not chase shiny objects. <laughs> and, and I do well with it for a few months and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, that looks nice. And, I see it all the time. You know, and so, and you know, there are things that come out and I'm like, I genuinely want to know how to do that. And mm. I don't feel confident. And I love to learn and I, that was part of the problem is I love courses, but I was trying to learn everything. Right. And, you know, and it was hindering, you know, I think my business in a lot of ways. So I, I'm not saying for people to not buy courses, uh, you know, no, and, no, uh, I get what you're saying. You're saying, Hey, master the one you're doing. Stop. I don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to do what's right for you. And there's the analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. you know, where you can get so into learning, you never do anything with it. And, no, I think that's powerful. And, and and I'm the same way. I mean, I have sponsors that sell courses. However, my advice is master what you're doing. Then when you're ready, tackle the next one. Don't jump in because I, I just think, as you say, you never get good at any of them. And the other thing to think about is a lot of these build on, I mean, even merch. I mean, think about merch. You know, it's not as intimidating because you're already familiar with Amazon's platform. Now, it's not the same. However, there is a title. There are keywords. There are similarities, right? You got to upload photos. Well, you've done all those things. Well, you don't have that learning curve. And so that helps. There's other learning curves. And so they build on each other. So the next great WYSIWYG thing that comes out, whatever it is, right? You're now right. going to be able to jump on that because you've already got step one, two, six and five ready to go you just got to fill in those other ones but if you tried to tackle that while trying to learn merch while trying to do fba while trying to do ebay and etsy and you know blah 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 courses and and you know lists it you're you're pretty close to not doing any of them really well absolutely Hmm. absolutely okay so so this is this will be what q4 for you what what q4 number are we into three or four 
this is my fourth. This is your fourth. Okay. And so with that comes a wealth of experience. You know, when you think about where you're at now versus where you thought you would be, how far apart are they? Well, that's funny you ask. I would say, you know, I would say by most people's standards, I've done well and I've, I'm successful. I've probably, I don't know that I've quite doubled since we last talked, but I'm not as far as I thought I would be uh, or as I had hoped I'd be, but I'm also an optimist and, you know, thought I would be, um, you know, way further along. And, but there were learning curves in there. So uh, I think I'm, I'm pleased with what I've learned and, uh, and I'm pleased that I can provide for my family, you know, which is not an easy task being as large as, as it is. And they keep eating more and more as they get older. <laughs> oh, dude, it'll get worse. <laughs> and so, but, you know, I like where I'm at. It's at a good place. It's, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity called e-commerce. I oh, mean, we're it's... very fortunate. Well, here's where I was going with this is I'm thinking, did your perspective change? So, you know, when you first start, oh, I've got to sell a million dollars. And then you start getting close and then it's like, well, I really don't have to sell a million dollars. I just have to be smarter, right? You already described that you instead of selling 14,000 things, you can sell 6,000 things and make the same profit, even though your sales might be as high or might not be as high if you pay more attention, right? So I, the perspective to me is where I was going with it is I'm trying to figure out because I think I think people come into this business, not everybody, of course, not everybody, but I've heard people come in and say, oh, man, I don't know why this this is an easy business. Just buy things and sell them. I mean, why do you guys make it so complicated? Why do you, you know, you're doing all the, yeah, wait till you get challenged and then you'll see it can be harder, right? So that perspective of when you started, you were thinking, all right, this is what I'm going to identify as being successful has that changed? In my, in our world, it has changed significantly as my third granddaughter gets born. Yeah. Success is much more relative to me. How about for you? Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things I was, it was a hard lesson for me, but I think I got caught up in an ego too of, of saying I need to be at the same level as some of these other sellers that I'm friends with or that they do. And, you know, and I just had to realize like, you know, that's, that's really not that important. I need to be at where my family needs me to be, and I need to provide the income that my family needs. And if it's greater than that, fantastic. And does that mean I'm not trying to become a multi-million dollar seller? Of course not. I, I definitely am. But that isn't the goal anymore as much as um, I want to enjoy what I'm doing and I want to be able to provide and then have some left over to, to grow with. Right. And, and, and provide isn't only money, right? It's provide is support, love, uh, just being there. True. Very true. Yes, absolutely. I think about, you know, there are outliers in our business and to measure yourself against them. I mean, there's, I mean, there are some people in this world. I mean, I describe one, I won't say his name, but I call him a CEO. He's one of the few CEOs that I've met in this business. He's gifted. I mean, he's, that's just the way it is, you know? Okay. Right. He's gifted in that. I mean, that's awesome for him that he's figured that out. Does that mean I failed? No. I mean, to me, I get to... I watch the success and I'm, I love to be part of it just because it's so exciting. You know, to me, his success doesn't bring me down. It, it excites me for him and, you know, just to be, to, to be able to witness it. You know, I think about the days of Silicon Valley when it was, you know, the heyday. Remember, you know, before it crashed. Can you imagine being in that, just going to lunch and seeing all those people around and how exciting it must have been to just even be in that environment, right? I feel like that, that's where we're at now. As opposed to, oh, geez, he's a million dollar seller. He's five million. Oh, he's ten million. I man, I stink. I can't do as well as him. Right. And there's definitely times that I felt that way. Most of the time, I'm. I think I'm like you, where it's, I'm inspired by it. Yeah. But I can also see what I don't want. I don't want a warehouse um, with twenty employees. There are trade offs for every yeah. one of those things. Uh, you know, at least at this stage of my life, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've had to figure out how to make that work. And, you know, there are times I, I I see what someone else is doing. I'm like, gosh, I wish I could do that. But there are people out there that are way more gifted than I am and and smarter. I mean, the, there are some people that you and I know that, you know, I, I can't believe how smart they are and how they can figure out things. And their mathematics are beyond my comprehension. You know, so I have to look at what I can bring to the table. Well, I'm a pretty smart guy, but 
more than anything, I, I think uh, I'm good at systems and figuring out how to make my life easier uh, with, you know, and still getting accomplished what I need to do. And, and I said, at the end of the day, I just know that if I have some grit and hard work, uh, I can be successful. You know, listening to you, I'm just thinking about the year, right? So you started off the year saying, I want to adjust. I want to put things in place. How long did it take you to get the pivot from design to implementation to where it is today? I mean, I guess it's, you know, been 10 plus months, right? Yeah, How long was the design? It took about five months to where I was recovered in income and sales, you know, um, you know, I was still doing okay, but where I got back to where I was. Okay, so it's about five months for execution to get you into the mode, and now you can build from there. Yeah, and it wasn't like a Band-Aid. I didn't just completely stop doing everything I was doing because I still needed mm -hmm. to bring in some income, but I began transitioning more and more into that. Uh, so it was intentional. So, so yeah. when you started making changes, did you have something you measured it against? Did you say, you know, I, I think about this. I, I've heard this, and I've used this example before. I think it's a good uh, a, a analogy to look at. A master, you know, you're putting in a property. You put a master garden plan out there, and then every year you do something towards that master plan, right? Uh, can't do it all, so you just. If I'm putting in bushes, they got to be this kind because they're going to tie into blah, 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 blah. You don't put temporary things in place. So it, did you have something you were measuring it again? I mean, did you write the plan down first off? Um, you know, I didn't at first. And then as it started to develop, I think that helped me form where I wanted to go. I mean, the first measure was I just needed to get back to where I was. Okay. Um, and then second is I, I really a great measurement tool is my – my ASP, you know, my average sales price, you know, went from like $25 to $53. Whoa. And uh, so that was a, I mean, I could see right there I was doing it. And then hmm. it was just, uh, I mean, it was hard work to find the items that I could sell at that. But is uh, it harder than anything else? Looking back no, at it? No. no not, it's no. focus. And then once I found it and it was, you know, most of them were pretty replenishable, then that's where the, the workload decreased quite a bit. And, you know, that came to a point where I was like, um, I'm, I'm sitting around more and I need to, I, that's when I could actually put effort into some other things that I was interested in family-wise and work-wise, where I, I, like I said, I really was interested this year in developing an income stream outside of Amazon. <clears throat> and I was able to do that when I reduced the amount of time my Amazon business took. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, the, I'm inspired to hear that in as little as five months, you can kind of pivot your business as it starts to drift, right? I mean, one of the things that I worry about, and I, and I, you know, be honest, it happens, is complacency. Do you, do you deal with that? Yes, and I think that's even a little bit what I felt like after I had accomplished or at least moved to the most part where I wanted to be after that five months and – I was like, you know, I could really be in cruise control now if I wanted, but uh, I, you know, I feel like I'm at my peak earning years as well in my life, hmm. and I, you know, I have the energy still, and I, I love doing, I love working, and I love, um, but I just want to do it on my terms if, if possible, and that's where, like I said, I, I was, I, I, I don't know, I just felt like I needed to do something else and to add to this. Um, to this pie, you know, um, or divide it up more. And so that's where I began pursuing some other interest work-wise outside of that didn't rely so much on, on me selling it on Amazon. Hmm. All right. So now things are, as you're saying, kind of cruising along and you're still working and you're putting that effort. You're investing additional time in other channels or other uh, uh, forms of income, which I think is genius. I mean, it's absolutely a smart move because then you're less reliant, right? What what controls do you have in place to deal with the ups and the downs? Because there will be ups and downs. We already talked about it. This hour, you're going to be the best thing in the world, and you're going to be the worst, made the worst decision in your life, right? What controls or what grounds you to bring it back in perspective? Well, um, you know, like the last couple of weeks uh, with some of the things I'm pursuing haven't gone as uh, great as I want them to, and I've had some discouraging days. And I think I have some good friends that I've developed, 
you know, and I would say some, you know, just through the Amazon community, mm-hmm. you know, we chat and sometimes that's what I, I just need to talk to them, encourage them or hear their story and not focus on my story so much. And, uh, you know, my wife is, is a great encourager for me as well. And she knows that some days I'm just discouraged by it. I, I'm, I'm beat up by it. You know, I'm tired. And so that's part of it is developing some relationships with people that I think can encourage you. And it is hard to go it alone. And it's, it can be a very lonely, I think, career, or I don't know what we call this work that we do sometimes <laughs> as an entrepreneur. So uh, because, you know, I can talk to my friend, Rob, who's a great encourager for me, and yet he's still operating in his own business. And but he can still say, yeah, I know what that's like. And, you know, you can do this or, you know, whoever I talk to. And so uh, that's good. Sometimes, you know, um, depending on the, the Facebook group, I can just get on and see some people that, you know, are doing well. And that, that encourages me. Uh, or if I'm struggling and I need advice, I know several people that are much further along than I can, that I can call and will gladly talk with me, you know, so that's kind of what I do. And sometimes it's just, I need to sleep. And get okay. some rest, and um, you know, last night felt a little uh, uh, worn out from it, <clears throat> discouraged by it, and I went to bed and got up this morning, and I felt a, a lot better. Just a little sleep helped with it, you know, and um, ready to kind of tackle the day. You know, I was looking forward to chatting with you, and so you know, I just find things to do like that. I don't, I don't know. That's no, I think that's no, I think you're right on. So you you find a way to get some rest, step away from it if you need to be, right. or you find somebody who has common interest and you sometimes dump on them or I think it was even stronger is you were out there listening to others and encouraging them because it it makes you know that you're not alone right I mean I know Rob and his life isn't perfect right the business isn't perfect I mean it's everybody right and so having that network right that network of real friends and these are real relationships I mean these aren't just you know contacts these are real relationships right and it's people that understand what i'm doing Mm -hmm. you know i can i have a friend locally and we chat and he encourages me but he doesn't do this and so there is uh some disconnect with that why don't you just do this well of course i would just do that if it was that easy it's not (laughs) right right so you know that's i think the biggest thing and uh just that keeping you know as we talk about our friend Charlie Brown is keeping the finish line in view uh, or the big picture and not just focusing on the day to day, because that's the biggest thing. You know, as we talk, it's such a roller coaster. You can have a bad day with your sales. You can have a great day and it's such a roller coaster or something. But if you can keep a big picture perspective that I know by the end of the year, that more likely than not, things are going to be where I need them to be. And, and and that really helps to kind of get that, uh, you know, thousand foot view instead of the uh 20 foot view that i usually have you know kind of thing or the forest through the trees no i agree with you i mean i think it's you know you're worried about this little issue and that's your whole world and let's face it that's nothing i mean you know think about again let's go back to your example this is your fourth q4 this one you feel much more prepared than the first one i assume i think so i you know, it's funny. Every year I go into it with a little bit of uh, <laughs> nervousness, like, can I do it again? And even though I know it works, and I, I go the same thing when I go into January. I'm like, after experiencing Q4, and I think a lot of people experience this, where it's like, is it going to work, you know, yeah. without Q4? Because you, you just get used to what you're in and what you're doing. And so uh, I know it will work. I mean, I, I just look back and at, at how it's gone, and it exceeded my expectations almost every year. And so I, you know, I have expectations for the year, but yeah, I'm still a little nervous. I think like, what if it, what if I buy duds? You know, what if? But uh, I think that's a healthy, it's like a skepticism. I having, I think having a healthy skepticism keeps you sharper. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise we, we slide right back into complacency. Every yeah. deal I buy is a great deal. No, not real. Right. right? Not real. Right. I don't care who you are. I know lots of people who are very, very successful that I have. I always like uh, Sam Cohen, right? He'll show you his warehouse's duds. He'll yeah. show you. Yep. Well, and, you know, and I, I used to do some coaching. Yeah, like Sam uh, was in his program, and and I'm not anymore. But we just talked the other day. We had something to talk about, and you know, he took a moment to just encourage me and give me some tips. And 
That's it was awesome. awesome, you know, and I loved it. I didn't ask him for any of that, and he didn't charge me. He just right. Oh, he gets me. the concept of sowing into others and the value yeah, that that brings. And my friend, and so it's exciting. That's exciting. All right, so let's do this. Let's let's close out with some advice for people who are coming in. They're hitting the wall. They're not having the success because we've all been there, right? Again, let's just perspectively. Not every buy will be a good buy. Not everything sells in Q4. It used to be you can send anything in and it would sell. Those days are long gone and you need to now be much more strategic. So let's give some solid advice for somebody who's coming into it on what they what they need to focus on for the next couple months and including even into January if you could. Sure. Well, I do think that there are a lot of uh, paid uh, Q4 groups that you can get in that, that will um, – help you find good inventory. I would encourage you to get into a small one though, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, or just find some friends. You know, I have a few that we just interact with and we share leads and finds, and that's very helpful. So if you're struggling with finding things and you don't know where to go, that's a good place to start. And, uh, I think just, you know, dedicating maybe a few hours a day to start out with just getting out there and scanning and, and going through the stores be, uh, you know, maybe use tools like uh, tactical arbitrage to find out what's the hot selling stuff. You know, those are just the standard things that I think you have to do to, you know, understand your market and be aware of it. Well, to but learn I, how to fish. Yeah. But just get out and do it. Yeah. And, you know, my first Q4, I had um, some, I got into this great group, you know, that, and we just kept sharing ideas, but also it really just came down to, getting out there and finding things. And then I was able to share stuff in the group. Yeah. And, I'm a new guy. and and I, I mean, I remember sharing in this group, it was on a WhatsApp. And um, I remember sharing in the group, I said, this is literally changing my life, this opportunity. I just could not believe it. And, and I still feel that way. Some days I'm like, I just can't believe that we get to do this. You're you know? so and, lucky. So fortunate. And, and so I can't wait for that feeling to happen again in Q4, you know, um, the day to day, I don't always feel that way, but I know in Q4, I'll have some of those moments. I'm like, this is the biggest paycheck I've had all year. And I can't believe how fast things are selling. And wow, that really went up in price, you know, and okay, a few losers here, but overall, um, you know, most are winners. And so, so when you get in those groups, don't only just take their leads. You said invest back, right? Give back some stuff because that's when the real learning happens. And again, you want to learn to fish. You're looking... They say, go buy pie face. Let's just use that as an example, right? Don't sure. buy pie face, but go ahead. Let's just say that's what it was. Why is pie face such a good game? What is it about that? Well, then look around for other similar things, right? That's the fishing, right? That's when you learn, right? right? Not every cast is going to bring back something. But once you start to see some, and you can kind of, you can, I, I mean, this is going to be a great analogy. You can identify what a good fishing hole looks like versus a non-good fishing hole by that, by learning in those groups. And I think that's very powerful. Well, using your example of pie face. So a few years ago, it was the thing to have. Mm-hmm. And by understanding why it's the thing to have, I mean, one, the demand far outstripped the supply. And that's why it was a winner, you know. And so if you were able to get them, and I did, I sold probably three, 400 of them, um, just going around and scraping store shelves for them. And I know that probably irritates some people who wanted to get it, mm-hmm. but, but, the next year, if you were to do that, you would have been stuck with a lot of pie face games, you know, because the manufacturer was ready for it. And so that's the other thing is when you get a lead, under, try to understand why it's right. where it's at or frozen. You know, when you talk about that, that was my first Q4 was frozen. And um, it was amazing. You're right. It was amazing um, to be able to sell those things, going out and getting those large three foot tall dolls. I mean, I had so many of those and sold so many of them and it was just it was, it was the golden era for me you know uh, that frozen season so understand why things are where they're at and you know try to find those trends and don't just go buy it because somebody says it's a good buy you know make sure you understand it because you can get stuck with a lot of bad items yeah, when something's outed in a big large group yeah. that's probably a clue not to buy it right <laughs> that's a that's a clue to put check do not buy that's the list you want too is not to buy <laughs> yeah exactly that's why you know i even say if you get into a small just a handful of people that will freely share and you can freely share with that seems to be that's where my sweet spot that's where it's worked best for me 
Right. And again, you have to give in order to get. And I think that that's powerful too. Dude, I'm pumped for you, man. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, what I, what I love is the consistency, right? It's an effort issue, but um, you weren't in the corner sucking your thumb saying things are terrible. You got past it and you're like, hey, my why is my, you know, I'm clear on my why and therefore I'm going to give it the effort it takes. And what's cool is the effort it takes has gone down because of the intentional the decisions that you've made. And I think anybody can do that. And right now is the time to start thinking that way. Again, you've got a plan for Q4, live with it, suck it up, get through it, but then change. And man, you can, five months is nothing. I mean, think about that, Craig. If I said to you, in five months, you can be in a much better position in your business. Can you, can you suck it up for five months? Of course, right? right? You yeah. didn't know it was going to take you five months, but the fact that you were able to do it, Man, I get so excited. Dude, oh, I can't wait to see you. Man, uh, somebody has a follow-up. Can I put your uh, Facebook contact there in case they have a follow-up question? Yeah, uh, message me on Facebook is probably the easiest okay. way. All right, I will do that. Man, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Ian. What a great example uh, for <laughs> the parents of us, right? You know, six kids, married, focus, focus, focus. There's a dad who knows what's important. And um, I love the fact that he could adjust his whole business model in five months by being so intentional, being so decisive and sticking through it and, you know, cutting out other stuff to keep him distracted because that's what's going to happen, you know. And so I think this is a great lesson of what can be four years now hitting a stride and sees nothing but opportunity ahead of him. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Don't forget my sponsors, Gay Lisby's group right now. She's only adding a few more and it's going to be shut down. you got very, very little time to get in. Join me in there. I'm in there. Uh, Seller Lab Scope, uh, again, you know, understanding keywords and then knowing what keywords work when you can use your competitors' keywords when you see it and it's a proof of concept and I just love it ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.